Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is May 9th, 2022, and this is episode 53. I'm your co-host Pete, and with me as always is my good friend Howell. Hey pal, how was Mother's Day? How was Mother's Day? How can you how can you talk about women in this such an such a depressing time the end of the world is happening stepped in that one, um, stepped in that one. and today's my sister's birthday too so that's like twofer there you go oh really yeah. i was gonna i was i wasn't prepared for this i was going to play an alarm sound on <laughs> um to to signal i guess we can't really call this an emergency pod anymore because no, it's not. we were going to do an emergency last when did the the announcement come out? Like last Monday night or so? Was it Sunday night? Monday night? Um, it was like yeah, Politico think, dropped I the think, story. Like Sunday. yeah, Politico dropped it. I think Sunday night. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, yeah, and we were going to record like ago. Tuesday as like an emergency pod, but yeah. we got lazy, and yeah. so now it's just a normal pod. Yeah. Um, but uh, our Mother's Day was fine. Thank you. Um, I basically just got out of my wife's way and took the kids to and fro their events all day and she was able to do as she pleased. Um, and we got her a few small things to say thank you for being a great mother. How was yours? Uh, good. Similar. The kids didn't really want to leave more. So my wife was gone all last week for a work conference in Asheville, North Carolina. So um, they, of course, lovely we- town. They of course would oh yeah, but beautiful. Um, they of course would not leave her alone at all. So they were so she was kind of um, um, still mobbed by three kids all day long. <laughs> Happy fucking Mother's Day. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw it uh, when I posted on Twitter that we were going to be doing an recording an emergency pod. Um, <laughs> did you see Ryan Mayo's response? No, I didn't. What did he say? <laughs> oh, he said, about time you guys talk about inflation. And I was like, actually, we were going to talk about... <laughs> I said, actually, we were going to talk about Mayor Lightfoot choosing Bally's as uh, yes. the, the casino of choice in Chicago. So um, for those who don't know, the city of Chicago is... I mean, are they going to own the the casino? I don't understand how it's... It's going to be a mm-hmm. Chicago casino, but it's going to be it will run be- by... Bally's will, I guess Bally's will own it, but they're going to be required to pay a certain amount of money per year to the city. And that money will go to the pension and, or the pension fund for the firefighters and the police. Um, Mm -hmm. among other things, I'm assuming. Um, but the hotel will be run and managed. I think the hotel will be managed and owned and managed by Bally's as, and the casino will be managed by Bally's, but, Maybe it's a joint venture with the city of Chicago. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Regardless, there will be a casino in Chicago. Unless the city um, council screws it up, which they still can. Yes. Uh, but we are very excited about that because maybe we will actually get to go to the casino. So, so, so yeah. You so, had, you, you said you were going to do some research for tonight. Did you do your research? Because I, I mean, did I none. did the research. I did the research to the to the extent of that I know we're not going to talk about uh, the the merits of the pro life versus pro choice um, philosophies or sides of that argument. That's not what I really think we we wanted to get into. Um, but 
the politics I, of this and what it actually what the practical practical application of this leaked um, and I emphasize leaked decision. It's not final, obviously. Um, what what that all means and what what effect that is going to have um, on politics and elections on the further divisions of um, of the electorate in general and the parties. So that's all I really wanted to get into about this. And also the hyperbole, you know, all the stuff that's been happening since this uh, leaked decisions come out. Um, so I thought we could just dive into some of that stuff. I don't know if that was, uh, that worked for you. No, it t- sounds terrible. I want to talk about <laughs> where you stand exactly on abortion, when it's, your, when it should be allowed, when it should be allowed, when it should not be allowed. I do have thoughts on that. And I think they're perfectly within the mainstream based on polling that's come out recently. And Bill yeah, that Moore was, that show. was actually one thing I, I did want to talk about was the, um, the polarization of the issue does not reflect the electorate at large, no. I think. Um, but anyway, let's take a step back and just mm-hmm. re- frame the, the conversation. So Politico reported last week that um, it, it had a, co- obtained a copy of a draft opinion by Justice Alito, written by Justice Alito, that was a justification for the overturning of the 1972 decision, 72, 73, 73, 73 Roe v. Wade. Um, by all intents and purposes, it looked authentic. It would have been quite an undertaking to make a fake that detailed. Um, I actually, a day or two afterwards, listened to a detailed podcast from plain English and Derek Thompson uh, on the issue. Um, which was quite, that was my research for the, for the, for the podcast. Um, but essentially the draft opinion is not anything that's final. It is something they circulate. Uh, someone is, I guess they take an initial poll of where people are leaning. Then they offer the opportunity for a justice to write the uh, majority opinion to get signatures to agree with. In this instance, it was Justice Alito. um, And the thought was there were five, four other judges supporting him, uh, which would be Thomas, Barrett, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, but that could all change, obviously. Uh, And that is maybe one reason, uh, one of the theories behind why it was leaked as well was that to, to to firm up support for that. Anyway, um, as a result, of course, it dropped on a Sunday evening and the world melted down for 36 hours and we're here now to talk about it. And yes. um, uh, I think my initial reaction was, God, please keep me off of Twitter for the next 36 hours because... Um, yeah. There will be nothing positive that comes from that. Uh, I I want to I noted a couple of um, uh, tweets that I thought were indicative of how terrible things were mm-hmm. um, on both sides. Uh, so this guy, this is just the type of shit that was being said on Twitter for the next twenty four hours, thirty six hours. Was this guy? Kurt Bardella, 
who I don't do you know him. I have no idea um, who that is. Uh, he I don't know what sounds he sounds like a horrible person. Uh, his his tag says he writes for the LA Times and USA Today contributor, but he also says he's a at DCCC and at the Democrats. Um, anyway, he wrote this tweet: A justice accused of sexually assaulting a woman has now voted to strip the rights of women to make fundamental decisions about their bodies. A Handmaid's Tale is no longer fiction. Um, <laughs> That's one uh, of the most unoriginal tweets because basically everybody is mentioned the Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, yeah. And then let's see, um, our favorite, uh, let's see, Matt Taibbi, um, who used to be pretty far left, right? Um, he, from Rolling he, Stone, right? Yeah. I think he still um, is far left. I think he's just well, practical. He wrote, he wrote the story of a neoconservative in two acts. And one was, the first was a tweet from Bill Crystal uh, that says, you know, Alito hopes his draft is a majority opinion. Five votes may not be locked in to overturn Roe if his draft doesn't stand up. Well, to criticism and dissents and the effects on the court look bad, couldn't a couple of justices join Roberts to uphold Mississippi without reversing Roe? So Crystal just, you know, saying he thinks yeah. that it might be a good idea if Roe is upheld. And then he, yeah. he, his, you know, obviously linked to the other one is a, uh, from the archives of the Weekly Standard, a, an article written by Bill Crystal called Roe Must Go. It's also yeah. from 1998, by the way. So, right. you know, just stupid, stupid shit. Like, someone's not allowed to change their opinion in 24 years on, on, on an issue. Um, yeah. You know, there was, of course, all sorts of things on the right as well on Twitter. It was just really hard to have any sort of constructive conversation for the first 24 or 36 hours. I don't know yeah. how you felt. No, I feel the same way. Um, you know, what's interesting is the thing was leaked and it was written, this particular draft was written back in February. So it's, you know, I've, I've seen, I, the best part of at least the first couple of days was like who leaked it because I've saw arguments for both it was a one of the clerks for one of the liberal justices, and then they gave the justifications to why they did it. And um, and then I saw um, uh, the arguments for one of the conservative clerks did it or did it, um, mm -hmm. and the arguments for that one. And both yep. made sense. And mm -hmm. honestly, I don't think it matters. What I think matters is that this was a violation of the Supreme Court rules, and you know I hope the person who did this gets caught and fired. Or and or prosecuted in some way. Uh, I, I don't under, I don't really know what the actual protocol is um, for the uh, sergeant at arms or whatever it is at the Supreme Court that deals with this. But that should be the first thing. And I just thought it was really funny. It was you know all these all these liberals were losing their minds over this draft opinion, which may or may not be the final. We don't know. You're not going to know until June, you know, for another month or so. Um, and the only thing they could say is, why are Republicans only focusing on the leak and not the actual decision? And I, to which I would say, because they, if the if the actual decision is true and that's what it holds up to be, they're getting what they want. That's why they're focusing on the leak. Um, the leak just puts justices' uh, lives, quite frankly, in danger. When we've seen that this past week with all the protests at the homes of 
several of the justices. I saw pictures of uh, protesters outside of Chief Justice Roberts' house and outside of uh, Kavanaugh's house as well. Um, so there was a lot of that, you know, hyperbole on on Twitter too about trying to find out where they are and and uh, and uh, confront them, you know, I, in person I, and not just outside the Supreme Court on the step, steps of the Supreme Court. It, at, well, and you can be. I think you can be both concerned about the leak and concerned about the ruling as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, it doesn't have to be sure. one or the other. Um, I do think the, you know, I've heard this. I've heard this phrase quite a bit um, over the last week. You know, the Republicans are the dog that caught the car at this point, right? Yeah, like that. That, heard that too. Perhaps they don't want to be talking about it because it may not be uh, as as politically positive as as it, as they thought it might be or as the chase for it has been over many many years um yeah. and you and I were mentioning this before i think and to cut through all the hyperbole the american people are actually quite nuanced uh in their opinions about roe v wade yeah. right um over 60% of americans support roe uh, keeping Roe intact, um, but also a large portion of Americans believe uh, abortion should be banned in the second trimester uh, yeah. and beyond, um, yeah. and that there should be circumstances where it is always allowed, like rape or incest. Um, yeah. So, you know, a complete ban of abortion could not be the political win that that many in the GOP think it is. And then also there's the issue of, you know, how much will it motivate Democrats if at all? Or, um, so, uh, in the fall, I, I don't know. Um, I don't get the sense. I get the sense that all the people who were, I don't know, maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm just speaking. Most of the people who were, were very passionate about this issue, we're already voting, but maybe they yes. will. Maybe it will light some fires in some people. I don't know. I don't get the sense that it's it will be a needle mover, um, except maybe in some states that may go overboard, like Louisiana. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you heard what they did. They, yeah. Um, yeah. Their legislature uh, did it pass um, a a lot, of, a, a lot of these. A lot of these states have already signed really restrictive. One, if this if this draft holds up, mm-hmm. really restrictive um, abortion re- restricting abortion access. I think Oklahoma was one, Louisiana was another one. Obviously, Mississippi was part of the case that was being argued. And there's talk Arkansas. of crim- criminalizing uh, getting an ab- going to another um, state to get an abortion as well. Yep. But let's real quickly just to say. So I think I. There are 13 states that, as soon as Roe is repealed uh, federally, they have something called um, was like a snapback. It's not a snapback, but it's yeah. like snap legislation where, um, as soon as it's repealed, abortion gets banned in those states. Um, yeah. And then there's a handful of others, like 10 to 12, that will probably, sh- in short order, ba- issue yeah. some sort of bans. Yeah of abortion. Um, so we've talked about this a bit on, on here is that, you know, there is a, there is a case to be made that 
if it could be done in a reasonable manner, pushing this to states is actually a better way to um, yep. to solve this problem rather than trying to codify it at a national level or use the courts to to to, to legislate. Um, but given the state of discourse and the way things are going and the radicalization of each side, I don't know that that is actually an, uh, a better solution. I mean, essentially, you're going to be living in – America is going to be a state – uh, a country where, you know, a little over half of women can get easy access to abortion and, and the other half, it won't be able to get it, get an abortion. I mean, yeah, potentially, but you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't know what a lot of these, a lot of states, I think there will be a lot of deep, deep, you know, red states that are going to probably just outright ban it. But I think there there will be other states that will do restrictive that are more nuanced, you know, no abortions past 12 weeks, 12 or 15 weeks, um, unless, you know, life of the mother is in danger or, you know, rape and incest and all that. Um, but um, I think pushing it back to the states, it, it's really kind of goes back to, I saw one of, one of the famous things over the past week that I watched on TV was Elizabeth Warren basically, basically steaming mad and going to the cup, to the Supreme Court steps and she was talking to cameras and she was really angry and gave these impassioned talks. When people look at this issue and they see all the division on this issue and they, you know, all the, all the, you know, protests and everything, the only people that they really have to blame, it's not the Supreme Court justices. It's their fucking legislature legislators who allowed the court to do their work for them. And this Mm -hmm. is the kind of shit that keeps on happening. Congress, punts the issue on whatever, and they basically look to the Supreme Court to save their ass. They did it on the ACA. They've done it on countless other pieces of legislation. They did it on this, too. And now the legislature, our Congress, is going to actually have to do their job for once and try and pass a bill that looks like where the rest of the country is on this issue. And that's not necessarily abortion on demand up until the moment of, you know, a woman goes into into labor after nine months but more like something that restricts it post 12 weeks or whatever. And if they actually were serious about it, maybe they would put a bill uh, forward like that. I don't know what Schumer is looking to do in the Senate. Um, I don't even know if that vote happened today. I don't think it's it supposed, it's going to happen Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to happen to, uh, on Wednesday. So I don't know what that language looks like and maybe we'll see it tomorrow. But, you know, I, I highly doubt it's going to be since it's probably going to be more of a political vote than anything. He just wants to get senators on record. Um, yes, right. I highly I highly doubt it's going to be a nuanced uh, piece of legislation. Um, he already but, said we're he, someone asked him if he was willing to make compromises on on the legislation. He said, no, we're not going to compromise on something as important as this. Yeah. OK, right. So, no, right. as you said, it's a political it's yeah, to get it's people political. on record. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just craziness. And uh, honestly, like you said, like things calm down a little bit. What another one that was interesting? I don't know if you watched Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday. Even never. Bill Maher has a really, really nuanced. It was a great episode. It really was. Paul Begala was on there, and um, uh, I forget the name of the woman from NBC Sports. She was with NBC Sports now. I think she's an author. Um. But uh, they gave a re- Bill was giving a really middle Michelle of the road Tafoya? look at this. I don't know. Oh, are you being serious? Or are you making just making that up? No, I'm serious. Oh, maybe it was Michelle because that name actually sounds like it was. That's who it was, but I can't remember. Anyway, 
Um, but Bill was making a really like, you know, he was trying to calm people down. Like this is not, you know, this decision, if it comes through is not banning abortion. It, will it be banned some places? Yes, but it's not a nationwide ban. You're not all of a sudden going to be, you know, not have access to, you know, reproductive care. Well, let's, uh, let's, let, I mean, to be honest, it will affect the health care of many women yeah. in the country sure. and, and per, the women who need it most are probably not going to be able to have, like, it's not going to affect rich women. Sure. Um, it's not going to affect, uh, people, women in blue States. It's going to affect the poor and uneducated, sure. uh, mostly in red States, um, who are already some of the who face some of the um, worst health situations in the country. So, you know, let's not pretend that like people's lives are not going to be affected. Um, I, I don't think and, that's what, that's not what Bill Maher was trying to do. I think he was just trying to inject some level of sanity in, in all of the, uh, you know, just in all the hyperbole and all of the, you know, yeah. crazy shit people were basically saying at these protests. What we're trying to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I mean, like I, we've even been like we were talking about on Twitter. I've been following some of these fact check guys, like uh, Daniel Dale, who's from CNN, mm-hmm. and he's been fact checking like a mofo and trying to push back on some of the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, one of the ones that he did actually today, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, pretty interesting. There was a, I think she's a legislator in Florida, and she basically mm-hmm. said Tennessee just banned Plan B and made it a crime punishable by fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollar fine to order it. Yeah. And he was like, no, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> I like, mean, that's important. I, I I love things like that. And I also love that he's doing it against, you know, uh, right. Liberal disinformation. Um, right. It, which, you know, of course, everyone accuses him of just being a Trump hater, but he's doing it against liberal disinformation as yep. well. And, and, and actually, I don't know if this is how you had it in the outline, but I think we should we could, should talk about kind of the 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 slippery slope arguments that people are using and which oh yeah what do you think are um re, you know kind of within concern slippery slope concerns like you know is it going to be something that they use to uh potentially is something like obergfell potentially something a case that could also be overturned um or you know of course other people are saying, well, they're going to ban contraceptives and there's going to be a national uh, abortion ban as well. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on, on sort of those part, part down of the thinks, road arguments that people are making? I mean, and I'm not, I'm not an attorney. So, but part of me thinks that a lot of that is more, that's more political because mm-hmm. immediately I think, I think Democrats and liberals know that this issue, the people who support abortion, rights are more nuanced it's not just abortion on demand until you know at any point during the pregnancy that there should be restrictions so in order to hype up and get more people out to vote and organized and all that i think a lot of those slippery slope arguments are being thrown out there like eric swalwell congressman Swallow from California. He said that we're this. This means we're they're going to ban Republicans want to ban interracial marriage. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff. That's all just bullshit. Um, I have read, and I don't know because, like I said, I'm not an attorney. That in Alito's um, draft, he talks about how none of that. There is no slippery slope, basically. Because of course, this isn't what it says. I'm just paraphrasing, or, um, or is putting it in my own understanding. 
there is no slippery slope because this has there's a third party here and that's the baby um that's being aborted or not aborted so n- none of that has to do with contraception none of that has to do with interracial marriage none of that has to do with you know any of these other slippery slope arguments so everything else would hold and would not be subjected to challenge um gay marriage uh, uh, which is what you were mentioning with Augerfeld but um well some of the i uh, some of the basis for his opinion uh he mentions something referring to uh enduring customs of the right. culture or something yeah. like that so people are like well interracial marriage is not an enduring has not been traditionally a um, you know, gay marriage has not been. So could that be used as a justification now that they've used it to overturn um, Roe Ro v. Wade? Uh, again, I, I don't know. I don't get the sense that there's the, the, the well, maybe for gay marriage, but I, I, even gay marriage, I don't think there is the um, passion. I've never sensed the passion no. that is, is there for uh, uh, pro-life in the pro-life movement. So I can't but, imagine that would be there, but. Um, but the underlying, the underlying issue there in both of those situations is not the, the, the interracial part or the gay part. It's the marriage part. And marriage is deeply embedded in the fabric in the history of our country. doesn't matter if it's gay or interracial because the, the, the baseline. Depends on issue, who you ask. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm trying to think of it from a legal standpoint and from some of the articles that I've read is just that marriage is the basis, is the baseline, not gay marriage or interracial marriage. So neither of those would be subjected. Well, or, I do know people who pro- would or say, probably wouldn't be subjected. Who would say, you know, a man can't marry another man. Like, um, like it's not what their their definition of marriage is. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I I know what you're saying, and I, I, I agree. And I don't think, I think that I agree, that, that is something, as you say, is meant to gen up outrage and, and motivate folks. Um, I, I have a question for you. Um, so do you think that if this opinion stands and Roe is overturned, do you think that it is actually within a, not a Republican um, do you think it's a conservative move as a political, uh, as a classically conservative political philosophy? Do you think overturning Roe and starry decisis is a conservative movement by the court? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think I get the gist of it. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I think like I think like you said, <sighs> well, while you're thinking about it, I, Brett I, I Stevens, yeah. Brett Stevens wrote something for the Times who okay. he he is not he's never been a fan of Roe, but he made the made the argument that it's actually because it's been a, 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 several generations of women have grown up with this sure. with this i guess right to rip it away in this fashion is actually not conservative it's actually quite radical um and i tend to agree with him i don't know how you I see it. i certainly see that point uh, i mean like i said if this was if we were in the 90s right now i mean it would make a lot more sense 
and I know that legal scholars have been debating how you know was Roe v. Wade a poor, poorly made decision by the the justices at the time, and that's sort of been the that was wrongly decided, and we've been hearing that for for you know fifty years now. Um, but like you said, it has become part of the norm and it's, Mm -hmm. and it always has been. And, you know, yeah, I think, I think there is an argument to be made that that's, that's the radical thing to do is to just rip it away, um, or have certain States that are probably planning on ripping it away, do it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, I think that's why, and you mentioned this, that the Republicans caught the car. They don't know exactly, at least national Republicans the, the, in D.C., the, in Congress, right. the Senate, and the House. They don't know how to handle this correctly. Obviously, the ones who are in the state legislatures can look at this from a, probably a much more pure standpoint than, than members of Congress can, um, or at least senators at the very least. Um, so I, what do you do next? And do they just ride this thing out and see what happens? I mean, it kind of looks like that's the way it's going to be. And honestly, that's the way it probably should be. Democrats control the House and the Senate. They're the ones that are going to have to put forward um, legislation, either codifying or at least uh, creating the framework, if that's what they end up doing. So yeah. Republicans have the luxury right now of sitting back and seeing how this all plays out, in my opinion. Um, or they don't, or it gets overturned and you have four months of people from june to the election in november of people in certain states losing a right they've had for 50 years and um in some of those states you know they're purplish and they could um it could have election consequences i don't know um i would like to make one more point about stare decisis and um so one of the re- responses from Republicans is, well, stare decisis should not be a reason for not overturning something because plenty of things have been overturned in the past, like Plessy v. Ferguson, um, to uh, change laws. Well, w- the point I heard in response to that is that a- always in the past, when stare decisis has been uh, overturned, um, it was to give someone a right. It was never to take it, take a right away. away. Um, So like in Plessy versus Ferguson, you know, the argument was separate, but equal was legal. Well, you know, it wasn't. So it it was overturned to say the, the African Americans um, had the right to the same school systems as everyone else. Um, So in this case, it's overturning, uh, years of precedence to take away a right. So, so that's a, I think that's a pretty strong argument um, against or for, for respecting the precedents in this case. Um, but again, I'm not on the Supreme court and I'm not. Well, well, well and then you've, but then you're going to have a whole chorus of people saying, well, what about the rights of the baby or fetus or whatever the hell you want to call it at this point? Well, it, I, and like that's again, what makes us. That's what further complicates this thing. I mean, you know. But again, that's someone. That's a. I would say that is a minority of people. In, and this gets back to the how this is bad for the country. Is it's a min, minority of people imposing their belief system on the rest of Americans. But is that? But is that a belief system though? What that. 
um, that a bit that the the life of the child or the life of the baby should be taken well, into consideration yeah, and how they def- how they define life. I mean, I don't think a a baby that's six weeks old it, that can't live outside of a womb is necessarily um fully a sure. full life. But so, that's not. But that's not what a lot of these pro-choice, at least the protesters, are talking about. They're, they are. I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of these protesters, a lot of these people who are who are radically pro-choice, want unfettered access to abortions without restrictions. So, well, I think they want the choice. <laughs> they don't. It, they don't necessarily. There's, I mean, but uh, yeah, but I mean, at least this. See, that's where I morally have an issue with it. I I don't think there should be a choice after a certain point. Well, okay, we weren't going to talk about yeah the but that's that's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> I and I think that's fair. I think, but I think from a, that's uh, but I'm what I'm trying to get at is that there's a there's a legal there is a legal argument there to be made on what that what le, what life means and where it is. There is a legal argument to be made there, and that's why it's not. No, as no, I don't. Dry. I mean. Uh, I don't think they're. I, I don't think the people that are saying life begins at fertilization or life begins at, at conception are interested in legal arguments. Because no, and uh, but you know what? I don't think I don't think the pro-choice people are either. Quite frankly, well, I'm pro-choice and I am. <laughs> well, no, I. That's because you're reasonable. I'm talking about I'm talking about the people who are like freaking you know holding placards in front of the Supreme Court or at justices' homes right now. They don't care about the legal arguments. No, but just like but, the pro-life people don't. But how would you even make a leak? I mean, science has ruled on this, essentially saying it's 20, like 22, 20, some, 20 to 20. I can't remember the exact, but it's but that's not, around the that's not what the Supreme Court's trying to figure out. They're not trying to figure out. They're, they are deci- they are deciding whether or not Roe v. Wade was properly. No, no I know, but you're saying decided. there's a legal argument to be made about when. Right. Uh, when, when, the, the, when, when that child gets that that right to life. Right. 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 To rest- but I don't in know- order to restrict when abortions happen. Yes. But I don't know how you would ever decide that. How would you? How, well, I mean, you just said that, that there's the science is settled on when, when it's viable, when a fetus Right. Is it viable. is, but they're ignoring that. I know that, but that's not what, that's what people are ignoring. I'm not talking, but the justices aren't ignoring that. They're just, they're looking at Roe. No, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that, um, you were saying that oh so you're saying in this instance that but that that that's outside of what Roe v Wade is Roe v Wade is not has nothing to do with um the the life of the baby it has to do with privacy right i mean it's not even it's yeah. not even um there's no legal issue of the babies um when they're right considered viable uh Anyway, I, I, I think so that's not within the starry decisis precedence that is talking. They're just talking about sure. taking the right that was given to women away. And if they are applying the idea of a baby's life right within that, then they're, they are, they are ruling extra judiciously in this case. Sure. Um, I get it. So I get that. Um, yeah. But that was just the last point I wanted to make about the ruling. Um, can I just say 
the thing, one of the things that I've hated the most about all this are the editorials that have come out that said, if Roe falls, Trump was worth it. I have seen those. Well, and and then I'm I'm equally I'm equally as angered by the people who are saying that this was that this decision is coming from stolen Supreme Court justices uh, justice seats. Um, I forget I forget who somebody on Twitter put it out and they they laid it out and they said Alito and Roberts um, were appointed by a man who didn't win the popular vote. you know, whatever three, four, five of the these five of these seats uh, were basically appointed by presidents who didn't win the um, uh, the popular vote. Um, although, when Alito and Roberts were nominated Supreme Court, uh, Bush had just defeated John Kerry by three million votes. But whatever, because um, neither of them were appointed in Bush's first term. I, I'm but, I'm, um, I'm less offended by any of the illegitimate SCOTUS talk. Than the fact that someone can can do the mental gymnastics of yeah a, 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 an insurrectionist twice impeached president who broke almost every norm uh, of the presidency and probably committed crimes. The, the pro life community, though, this is what they were hoping for. I, I, this, but this is why this is I, this I is the issue. This is the issue. That oh, I get it. I just don't agree with it. Oh yeah. I mean, but they twisted themselves into a pretzel because, okay, we're going to support Trump because he's going to give us our conservative justices who are finally going to overturn Roe v. Wade. It, to me, it's the ends justify the means, which in, is in no way a Christian principle um, and is hypocritical. And I, I um, don't disagree with you. Um, and I don't know why that is hard for a, a Christian to see. And I assume the people that are writing these are Christians and they're not Muslim or Jewish or Hindu. Um, but it just it, it it's just hard for me to see people going back and giving any credence to Trump for for this um, because he was such a spectacularly awful president. And the well, way he went out, too. Well, and I think there might be a question, too. Like, does this. This coupled with maybe some of the with the at least with the Ohio Senate primary or any of the any of the candidates that Trump has endorsed in the primaries, does this somehow make him more of a viable candidate to run for president again? That's Could I mean be. that's a real that's a real question now as well. Could be. I mean, I think he was already viable, unfortunately, uh, as it was. Yeah, I'm. I wasn't so sure, but I think maybe this might might do it. He's been oh, he's been sad, largely quiet on the on the issue. Um, you know, I don't think he personally cares at all. Well, if it um, wasn't for Ruby Wade, he'd probably have a lot more kids running around there. So. <laughs> that is I mean. probably true. <laughs> That's why he's probably staying quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I I certainly hope it it doesn't make him. Um, more viable, but I could, I could totally, totally see that because he's now even more canonized amongst a certain sect of GOP voters. Yeah. Um, well, I think the, the way I would like to wrap up is that I think it's no matter what the decision is, I think it's not great 
for America as a democracy at the time, at this moment, because we're already at each other's throats. Um, it's making the infighting even worse. We're already fragile. We're fighting a war. Uh, we're not fighting a war. We're supporting a war. Supporting a um, war. Um, and it's only going to make... I mean, as the Twitter and the hyperbole and everything have shown in the last week and a half um, or week, it's only going to get more divisive and it just comes at such a terrible time. And I, I, I do get the, I do get the frustration of certain folks that, you know, that there, there, I, I understand why people feel like, um, perhaps the, the majority opinion is not being respected here. Uh, and that, because of some deft maneuvering, political maneuvering uh, for the Supreme Court, there's now a subset of Americans who are who are in charge on this issue, and that's frustrating for people. And it's going to make people act out even um, worse. And that'll make people on the other side act out. Like I don't know if you heard today, there was someone said a anti-abortion. Uh, office on fire in Wisconsin. Yeah, like, Wisconsin. That's, yeah, that's that's not going to help anything, and it's nope. going to make people. And you know, we're already at each other's throats, and I just think it's it's terrible timing. No matter if the if you agree with the ruling or not, I just think it's a bad. It's not great. It's not the tonic America needs at the moment. It doesn't help either that you know two of the last Supreme Court justices you know talked about. Roe v. Wade has established law in their mm. confirmation hearings, and I do think there is some merit to that. When the when when Justice Barrett and Justice Kavanaugh get hit with that kind of that mm-hmm. that talking point, it's true. I mean, it's you know, yeah, they there's wiggle room there in that they are allowed to interpret things as they're put as those issues are placed before them as sitting justices. But mm-hmm. when you're in your when you're in your confirmation hearing, you're like, oh, it's established law, and trying to shut it down. I, you know, I distinctly remember hearing Justice Barrett say that in her Senate mm-hmm. confirmation hearing. Um, yeah. Yep. And that uh, adds to the frustration that adds to the partisanship as well, because mm-hmm. people feel like they were lied to, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's Susan Collins. Shit. Hello, Susan. Yeah, Collins. Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of sympathy for Susan Collins. Um, yeah. But, you know, I do. I do understand. Oh, I don't have sympathy her. for her. I have. Uh, I think she's naive and an idiot. <laughs> no sympathy here. But I, you know, for the American public now, it, it, I also feel a little bit bad for for Chief Justice Roberts because he has been fighting to keep the court, you know, as a legitimate body, nonpartisan and above the fray. And he just mm-hmm. he can't. It's out of his control. It has been for a long time. And uh, I don't know why he's just he keeps on trying to keep his hands around the around it because it's just not it's not working yeah the plain english podcast that i was listening to basically said he's technically the chief justice but power does not reside with him anymore no yeah um it is resides with the the conservative faction um who will push will you know rule as they would like to now without any sort of concerns for the 
keeping the institution above the fray. Um, So uh, not to mention the whole Clarence Thomas, Jenny Thomas thing, which has already came out and was not great either. Um, But yeah, so the, that is really what I think. Um, So yeah, emergency pod, wrap it up. Done. Um, What are you into? Um, planning for our next vacation. Okay, where's that going to be? Uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, America's. Well, I don't know. Maybe the Florida, low Florida legislature will have something to say about it. Um, <laughs> uh, we're thinking about doing Walt Disney World for okay. Thanksgiving. Mm. That's the worst time to be there, is it? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that. Well, yep. actually, I, actually, I could probably gather that considering like the whole place is already freaking booked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, everything, everything's already booked, I and mean, we have we have we already have our rooms. Um, we have a deposit and all that stuff. But um, if uh, you recall, yeah. my daughter was playing in a soccer tournament in um, Florida last, right after Thanksgiving last year, and yep. one of the other families from the team spent the first few days in Disney world before the tournament started on the weekend. And the mother said it was the worst experience of her life. Um, <laughs> she said the popular rides, on Earth, the popular rides, which maybe your kids will be too young to, to ride anyway, because, or too small to ride, but yeah. she, they have older kids too, but they, they said the popular rides, were two hour waits to ride unless you ran there first thing in the morning and um, got in line. And then it was only like 20 minutes. Uh, So good luck with that. Keep planning. Get the fast pass. And and so they don't do fast passes anymore. Oh, Oh, you, Oh really? They did it. They did away with them. There Mm. isn't, there is another thing that's similar um I've, I've, pay whatever you need to to don't even ask me what the difference is but there's can you get your at, kid autism signed up for autism or some sort of disability <laughs> is that, that a might, thing i don't know <laughs> i'm sure someone would write you a medical evaluation <laughs> I, I was about to make a really bad joke that would have gotten us in a lot of trouble i'm not gonna do that anywho um, what about you what are you into uh i am into the final season of better call saul Oh, me too. Um, yeah, are you but caught up? Uh, I just started watching tonight's episode. I DVR'd it, so I just oh, okay. started watching it. I watched so, like, the first fifteen minutes before I got here. So, if I anyone is watching Better Call Saul, um, you might want to stop the episode here because I'm about to to make a spoiler. Um, Nacho, Nacho's uh, departure. That's yeah. pretty dramatic. That was pretty, pretty dramatic. I mean, that rivaled Hank's death from uh, uh, better, uh, yeah. Breaking Bad. From Breaking Bad. You know, I really liked Nacho. I liked Nacho, uh, too. Yeah, um, that was a that was a really good episode. I'm glad he got a couple digs in, though. At the end. No, that was great. I mean, I thought he, great. they. someone said, I saw some review called it, Nacho finally broke good. Um, yep. You know, he got to go out his own way and... Yep. And um, kind of protect his father. Yeah. Uh, he got got assurances from Mike, and uh, yeah, so really good. Such I don't good really show. I don't really care for the Howard stuff. 
but um that's getting weird man i i will be i will be interested to see what happens to kim because you know she doesn't show up at all in breaking bad so no um, and she was on kimmel um last week uh promoting the season and he like blatantly asked her like what happened? Do you make it out? <laughs> and she goes, "Well, I know it happens, but I'm not going to tell you." And she's like, "Obviously, I'm not in. I'm not in Breaking Bad." Yeah, um, that's all she would leave it at. So now I'm, of course, all curious of how it all shakes out. And of course, uh, Lalo has not made his yes. appearance back. So yeah. I'm he's great for that. He's he's really good. I wish he would have made it into Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, instead of Tuco. I feel like. Uh... Kim probably just runs away like something happens and yeah. she just like gets out of there because she's it. had enough. Um, and obviously Lalo is not going to make it, but we'll see how that happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, better call Saul season five. I don't Six. even know. Six. Six. Yep. Last uh, season. Good, good stuff. That's it. Right on, man. Well, thanks for uh, getting together. Yeah. I'm glad we could do it after being tired so many days in a row. I know, I know. Yeah, and my my wife's about to go for another work trip tomorrow. Oh, um, yeah. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us uh, where you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. And uh, Bally's. I mean, are you going to buy a share in Bally's? <laughs> if you do, I will. I am so. Oh, I'm totally going to buy at least one share. All right, let's do it. It's going to be my casino. Yes. Uh, so we'll go to my casino. Yes. All right. All right, man. Good night. Good night.